Acts chapter 26, Acts chapter 26, and we'll start reading in verse number 12. It says, Whereupon as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun, shining right round about, excuse me, about me, and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand, and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things. And excuse me, in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, and to whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then to the, to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. Here uh, following, or excuse me, previous to, to chapter number 26 tonight, we find in chapter number 20 of the book of Acts, Paul is preparing some of the people who had followed him for his eventual death. He's going to be leaving the scene, and uh, he knows the end is coming soon. And uh, in verse number 24 of that chapter, he, he makes a statement, but none of these things move me, neither count I, count I my life dear. And he has just uh, concluded that, that as, I'm, as I'm working through these things, and, and, and I've been serving the Lord all, all this time, and my time is almost finished, and, and, and I know death is coming soon, he says, that doesn't quite move me. That doesn't quite move me. But then we find here in Acts chapter 26, as he is standing in front of Agrippa, he, he's speaking to Agrippa, and he begins to give his testimony to Agrippa. And tonight, I want to just give us a quick message on remembering our motivation. Remembering our motivation. You see, Paul had gotten to the point where he had learned what moved him and what doesn't move him. All right, and, and I think all of us as Christians, we, we know ourselves, and we know, what, we know what moves us, and we know what isn't able to move us, all right? And, and I know what will get me motivated to do certain things. He was talking about, he looked at me this morning when he was talking about maxing out on the bench press, and I went, what are you looking at me for? And, and, uh, and I, I, look at Brother Lenny when you're doing that. Don't look at me. No, I was pridefully, I was like, hey, look at me. And, and uh, uh, you know, people get motivated to do certain things. And, uh, and, and you know, we talked about sports. We, looked, we watched the girls on Friday night, watching Brother John coach them, and, and they were in that first set. We were up by six or seven points, and, and we had let them come back in that first set of the JV game, and, and it was almost like that loss had, motiv had, had motivated them for the second set. And, and the motivation started building. It was like, man, we can win this. And, and the crowd was, got a little bit more electric and electric, and then, and, and then we got to the varsity game and swept through it, and, and it was motivating, and they were motivating each other. And each time Kirk would spike it on the serve, or, or whoever else was, uh, Maddie was setting them, or, or Claire was, was punching them over with her fist, wherever, whatever it may be. Uh, it was motivating. They were motivating each other. And what did it move them to? Victory. It motivated them and moved them to victory. Paul says in Acts chapter 20, he wasn't moved by the thought of his incoming. Death for him was just, I'm going to meet Jesus. But here as he stands in front of Agrippa, in the chapters between 20 and 26, 
where we're reading tonight, we find how the Lord sets it up to where Paul is able to stand before Festus and Agrippa. And it's interesting how this man was able to get in a, a setting, a place before the king. And I believe it was all because Paul was motivated. And these people had no doubt heard the ministry of Paul. And we know Paul was wise and Paul knew the laws and, and knew what he was able to say in order to get an audience before the king. But we find even in, in the previous chapters where, where Agrippa says, I'll, I'll hear this man. I'll do it. And as Paul is standing before him, he begins to tell Agrippa what is motivating the him. What is motivating the him. And I believe tonight we will see that our motivation is very much the same as Paul's. Here we see in verse number 12, as I began reading, it says, Whereupon as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest. This is Paul's testimony. And we know this is Paul before he was Paul. This is Paul when he was Saul. I said that right. I was, I was very concerned about that. This is Paul when he was Saul. And, and beforehand, he was the one that, he, he was the chiefest of sinners. And, and he was the one that had done everything wrong. And he was the one uh, hunting Christians and searching for Christians. And then some miracle happened. And he begins to share his testimony right before Agrippa. And says, Agrippa, listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. Let me tell you what motivates me. Let me tell you what motivates me. The first thing he says here in verse number 13, it says, at midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven. You see, Paul was motivated in the light by the light. And for us, for us, point number one, he couldn't unsee the light. He couldn't unsee it. He couldn't unsee it. We know the story. We know the scripture. We know what happened to Paul at that road of Damascus. And, we, and, he, and he mentions it here again. He says, above the brightness of the, of the sun, shining round about me, and them which journeyed with me. Paul was motivated by that light. Hey, as Paul was going to Damascus, as he was Saul, and, and the Lord uh, uh, appeared unto him as a bright light. And there is no question about what this light was. Even Jesus himself said in John chapter 8, verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. He definitely had seen the light. And, and Paul here mentions him as, as above the brightness of the sun, something that he had never seen before. And, and as it hit him in his face, and he couldn't see anything else other than that light, as Paul was standing before Agrippa, it, he couldn't unsee it he couldn't unsee it every place in his life where no doubt he had got down he was in prison he had been stoned he had been in shipwrecks he had done all these things no matter what though his motivation was he couldn't unsee that light he couldn't unsee it and for us and, and just remember when you saw that light amen i was just a, a, a young boy and my and my dad showed me how i could know from scripture how i could know for sure i was on my way to heaven that's the, time, that's the time that I saw that light. And it, what is motivating for us is that we can't unsee that light. Man, so many, so many Christians, they, they run around and they sing that song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm going to let it shine. And, and, but what they're really singing is, I am going to hide it. I'm, I'm going to hide it under this jacket. I'm going to hide it under this pulpit. And they don't let anybody see it. But for us, we look in that mirror and all I can see is that light. What has Jesus done for me? If I don't see that, all I see is this ugly guy. It's motivating. It's motivating. Man, we try to run away from all these different things. When if we just remember what God's done for us, how can we forget? 
how can we forget? He mentioned it this morning about going through that fire. You think those three Hebrew boys ever forgot that moment? No way. No, sir. They never forgot. In fact, they were just young men at that point. And for the rest of their life, no doubt they had other hardships come. But you know what they remembered? <laughs> I remember the light of that flame. I can't unsee it. I remember that fourth person that was in the fire. And he wasn't like the Son of God. He was the Son of God. Amen. He couldn't unsee it. How can we unsee it? How can it not motivate us? If you're not motivated by what Jesus did for you on the cross, I'm worried about you. It's that light that we can't, that we can't escape. Paul is saying to Agrippa, I could never unsee what God has done in my life. And for me, I look at my own life, and I am nothing. And, and I say that I think every time I stand up here. And because it's true, all I am is someone that's been changed by the light. And I can't unsee it. Paul here, as he's standing in the midst of this, he's talking to Agrippa. And I can't help but as he's looking at what's standing before him, knowing that these men could be responsible for putting him to death, and as he's looking at Agrippa, no doubt that there's some pageantry in it. No doubt he is standing in a beautiful courtyard or something of that nature. But he wasn't focused on all that. I just can't help but think that as Paul was looking forward, he was simply remembering himself on that road to Damascus. And for us, I mean, we, look, we, I think every, we say it every time. Somebody stands up behind the pulpit. We know we're going through it. But what's going to motivate us during this time? Is it the darkness? There's plenty of that around. You don't have to look very far. Or will we be motivated by the light? Will you be motivated by this light? The Bible says in Psalm 119, 105, does it not? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Can we get motivated by the light? You know, in order to not unsee it, you have to see it. I, I mean, I can't unsee Genesis 30, verse 1, if I didn't look at it the first time. Can we get motivated by this light tonight? I know I get to stand up here, and, and he's the pastor now. He gets to preach all the hard messages. I get to come up here and be a cheerleader and say, hey, God is good, and hey. But what are we going to be motivated by? Are we willing to get into the word? Paul, Paul knew that, that it was important to rely on what God's word had told him to do. He even wrote in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than, than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. He knew the importance of it. I'll be swift tonight. Number one, don't unsee the light. Number two, verse number 14. I should get back there, excuse me. Acts chapter 26. See, y'all got me all excited, and I lifted my Bible up and lost my place. 
verse number 14. It says, And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tone, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Tell to Agrippa, says, after I saw that light, he goes, I heard a voice. I heard a voice. Number one, he couldn't unsee the light. Number two, he couldn't unhear that voice. Look, I know that's not good English, and Brother Michael, I simply don't care. <laughs> I don't care. But he couldn't unhear that voice. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Hey, for us and that voice, it was knock, knock, knock. Are you sure you're on your way to heaven? Knock, knock, knock. I, I, I know you've been told already that you, that you trusted in Christ as your personal Savior, but knock, knock, knock. Do you have that personal relationship with me? I'm just telling you, I share my personal testimony with, with the men at the prayers bre prayer breakfast. And, and when I was a young boy, when we were in Harlingen, Texas, I, I had been told I had made a profession. And, and I'm not saying that that wasn't real. And, but when we lived in Jennings, Louisiana at Calvary Baptist Church, uh, I, I just remember very simply, I just, I, I just knew I wasn't saved. Period in the story. And it needed to be real to me. And that voice to just that young, young boy said, knock, knock, knock. In fact, Jesus says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him, and he with me. Saul says, Agrippa, I heard that voice speaking unto me, and it motivated me. Everywhere Paul went, no doubt he heard that voice. I heard pastor say not too long ago that, that he knew the voice of the Holy Spirit for him. Paul no doubt knew that voice of God. He knew that voice that was talking to him. When he wanted to quit, he heard the voice. When he was discouraged, he heard the voice. And all of us have experienced defeats in our lives. All of us have experienced discouragement in our lives. But the only way that we overcome them is we remember the voice that spoke to us the first time. That he, he, he's, he's having all these senses of, of, I couldn't unsee that light. It's there in front of me. But not just that, I can't unhear what he's saying to me. I can't do it. You know, the only way to hear him is to make sure that uh, our ears aren't full of stuff that ain't supposed to be there. And by that, I, I don't mean some of the normal stuff that you get preached at about. I say it every Wednesday that I stand up, be an encouragement, not a discouragement. Can I be honest with you? My ears are full of discouragement. I'm tired of it. And look, I, I know we all watch one particular news network or whatnot. I watch none of them. I can't hardly stand it. Just discouragement after discouragement after discouragement after discouragement. And man, it just packs your eardrums full of that nasty earwax of discouragement. And some of us need to take out the Q-tip and hear from God. And hear from Him. And look, some, 
Some of us here, when we're nice and quiet, and maybe other, uh, other of us here when we're nice and loud. I've heard several people say before that, hey, they're going down the road, and they're, uh, they're praising the Lord, and, and, uh, and they're getting loud, and, and, and amen in Jesus and whatnot, and they're loud, and God's speaking to them. Amen? If that's for you, that's for you. I'm not sure that's for me. <laughs> but we need to hear, hear from God. And in this, Paul had a definite calling. He was motivated by what God had called him to do. He was motivated by what he heard from the Lord. And he said, O King, I, I saw in the way a light from heaven, and I heard a voice speaking unto me. Can I tell you that same voice that was speaking unto Paul? <laughs> it's still speaking to us today. If I didn't have this ear mic on, I would shed this coat. It is warm up here. And... Uh, um, so that's what I get for wearing this particular microphone. And, uh, um, but it's still speaking to us today. The same voice that said, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It's the same voice that spoke this morning as pastor was preaching and, and said to a lost person, hey, you need to be saved. It's the same voice that spoke to the young boy that needed to be baptized and said, hey, you need to be baptized. It's the same voice that speaks to us when we say, hey, I need to be part of a good church. And you come down and be, be part of a good church. It's that same voice that speaks to you in, in your moment of service that says, hey, you're supposed to be doing this. Or you're supposed to be doing that. Or you're supposed to talk to this person about the Lord. It's that same voice. The same exact voice that was speaking to Paul is the same voice speaking to you. If we would just hear his voice instead of hardening our hearts. You know how I know for sure that Paul really stayed motivated by these things? By seeing the light and hearing the voice? There's no better testimony of that than when, excuse me, him and Silas were in the prison. And look, Diane and I went to uh, Italy last year. And we actually went to the prison that he was in in Rome. And I know that isn't this prison. Can I tell you, it wasn't a pretty prison. Not even in the least bit. It, it didn't have TV. It didn't. It probably didn't even have three meals a day. <laughs> it wasn't a good situation for him. But I know he stayed motivated. And look, I don't know what song he began to sing. But can I just guess? Maybe he sang, This Little Light of Mine. I can't sing, Brother Heath, you want to sing it for us? I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You say, wait a minute, that song was written well past then. Okay, maybe he was singing a song with different words. But can I tell you what the gist of the song was? To all those other prisoners? Let me tell you what light I met. I met. Let me tell you what voice I heard. And it's that same voice speaking to you. And through that, through their testimony, it was that same voice that spoke to that jailer. And he got saved. See, how, how can that not be motivating? 
Look, look, motivation is real. I, I, I didn't belabor the point in, in introduction, but motivation is real. I, sports is coming. Amen. Football is coming. Amen. And, and uh, uh, college football is coming, I, I think, hopefully. And, uh, um, and, and look, you, you can watch a game. You can watch it, and I, probably more so in basketball maybe than any other sport. And um, one team will get momentum, and, and it's just one thing after the next, after the, ne- after the next. Then as soon as something kills that momentum, what happens? Time out. And they try to get that momentum back. Momentum is a very real thing. Motivation is a very real thing. And then lastly, I'll be done. Verse number 16 says, But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee, listen to this, for this purpose. For this purpose. To make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of these things in which I will appear unto thee. First thing is he couldn't unsee that light. He couldn't unhear that voice. And then lastly, he couldn't undo his call. He couldn't undo his call. I know what you're thinking, man. We're going to be really fast. I'll been building up to this specific point we'll be here for the next hour okay sorry and uh, to discourage you but he couldn't undo his call he says agrippa that voice said unto me these very words i have an underline in my bible for this purpose for this purpose you know what paul was motivated by by his call by his call. He said before, I'm nothing. But you know what we can get motivated by? You know what I get motivated by? I shared this with the men the other night too. Middle of nowhere, Florida. Barracks for, dorm, for dorms. At a teen camp. And that voice that had called me to salvation... Showed up again. Showed up again. And he said, for this purpose. For this purpose. There's not a whole lot more that motivates me than that. I don't think there was a whole lot more that motivated Paul than that. He says, King Agrippa, (laughs) you might not understand it. But that voice said unto me, for this purpose. For this purpose. To make thee a minister and a witness. He expounded on this so much throughout his epistles that he, that he wrote. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. Actually, we have some time. Turn over there real fast with me. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 12 says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful. What does he say next? Putting me into the ministry. What was Paul doing? He was reminding young Timothy 
of the purpose that he was called. You see, it stayed his motivation factor throughout all of it. He says, I, I mean, I can't think of a better calling than what God has called me to do. And by the way, I, we were talking about this just the other night. My calling is no higher than your calling or your calling or your calling. As long as it's the calling that God has called you to do. See, God, I, I know we're not running the buses right now. We're not having Sunday school classes. And normally I would use those as a, as a way of illustration of, of what God has called someone to do in those, in, in those particular jobs in the church. You say, can you have a call to do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. He says, I, I consider it a high value that God has called me to do that. Why? Because Paul knew he couldn't give much in return. He could only give of himself. I say it all the time, I don't know why God called me, but he did. In fact, he reminds Timothy again, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, says, Who has saved us and called us with a high calling, and then listen to what he says, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. Can, can I interpret that word a little bit? Not according to our works, or maybe not according to our ability. See, Paul never forgot that God called him to do something that I believe he didn't think he could do. No doubt when Paul was on that road to Damascus and God calls him to do this purpose, and he's thinking, wait a minute, you want me to go to that house? Do you know how they're going to treat me? Don't you know that they know my past? Don't you know that they know some of the things I've said about them? Don't you know that they know that I was there when Stephen was stoned? Not crying, cheering. I'm not sure I can go and, 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 and help these people. But as he went anyways, he realized he was going to stay motivated by his call. I don't know how people just jump up and quit. I didn't bring it with me, and I meant to. I was showing him the other day. I have a Bible over in my office that I've had since 2000, August of 2000. And I've grown up in church my whole life. And I have all these names signed on the front pages. Lee Robertson, Jack Hiles, Carl Hatch. All these different names. And you look at some of them, sometimes I just look at it. The Bible that I had, it was starting to fall apart and... Um, I was using it as an illustration one day in Nebraska, and uh, a lady in our church had uh, uh, devised a plan with my wife to steal that Bible from me. Can you believe that? They would steal a Bible. And uh, they went and got that rebound for me and uh, put new leather on it and everything so I could have it. Sometimes I just look at those names in that Bible. I was sharing this with him the other day. And there's names in there of, of people that have just quit. 
You say, Brother Nate, are you ashamed that they've signed your Bible? No, not even in the least bit. In fact, I'd love to remind them of what they once did and what they once stood for. See, I don't understand how you can't be motivated by your call. I don't understand how you can't be motivated by the work you get to do for the Lord. And I'm not, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And I know I'm young, so maybe it's not appropriate for me to say I don't understand Twitters when they get old. But I don't understand Twitters when they get old. Sorry. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, he says, For though I preach the gospel... I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Let me read that to you again. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me, not if I preach the gospel, if I preach not the gospel. If I preach not the gospel. <laughs> Paul is showing us all wisdom here. In the last pages of the book of Acts. He's going through and he's just as Jesus did. Telling people it's about that time. I know it's about that time. He says, that don't move me. I'm not going to go do things because my time's about up. Do things that the Lord wouldn't have me to do simply because my time's about up. And then a few chapters later, he stands before Agrippa and says, Agrippa, let me tell you what motivates me. Let me tell you what moves me. He says, I was commissioned to go out <laughs> and kill these Christians. I had all the authority in the world. I had all the, the prominence that anyone could need. It says, and then on that road to Damascus, I saw a light that shined brighter than the sun, and I couldn't unsee it. And all these years later, I still can't unsee it. And then a voice came to me and I can't unhear it I can't unhear it and then he gave me that purpose and I can't undo it I can't undo it that's what motivated Paul can I be honest with you that's what motivates me and that's what should motivate you if you're sitting in here tonight you're watching on live stream and you're a child of God, that's, what's, that's what should motivate you. If you're lost and you're not sure of salvation, that should motivate you to come find out what that light is we're talking about. And in just a few mo moments, I'd love to show you how you can know for sure right up here at the front. But what, what motivates us? You know, and I'm not to re-preach any message that's, been re that's already been preached or re-preached my own from a few weeks back. 
But when we're doing the work, it's important to stay motivated. And that doesn't just mean from here. It means from here. From him all the way through. Stay motivated. Stay motivated. Say it's tough to stay motivated, Brother Nate. Don't you know what's going on? Not really. Of course I do. Of course I do. Stay motivated. Say, well, where am I going to get that motivation from? Remember that light? Remember that voice? Remember that purpose that God is using you in? Let that motivate you.